0: The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den Den, 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 den. with Kugule Ogbayani.
1: Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kugule Ogbayani, Alan Mia. And I was hoping that I was going to jump on here and say the Eddie is a go but now I am jumping on here and saying that the Eddie icow Big Wave Invitational is officially a no-go. Crying face emoji. <laughs> so sad about that. Uh, we were talking about it a little bit off air though. Alan was saying that he never gets his hopes up, and usually I don't because usually between like that the holding period, you know, December between December and March, you rarely ever even get a swell the size that you need to have in order for it to even be considered going on. Well, there's a big swell coming and the waves are supposed to be about 50 feet, but that's not the only thing that needs to be perfect when it comes to a surfing competition. The weather specifically, it doesn't have to be sunshine and rainbows, <laughs> but the wind, if anybody goes surfing, has to be at least decent. And apparently that is what is causing the cancellation now of the Eddie I Cal. Exactly. Exactly. You woke
0: up this morning uh, and was like, "Yeah, the Eddie's on," and then this just played on your alarm. Oh no! Oh
1: no! <laughs> Literally, the Hawaii News Now alert like came in maybe two minutes before we jumped on air. <laughs> it just made me sad. But for more details, we have the report from Guy Hagi, the know-it-all. Always right 100% of the time. (laughs) Hagi from Hawaii News Now as he spoke to Clyde Aikau this morning.
0: Of course, since 2016, Big Wave surfers, Big Wave uh, riders, and the entire surfing community has been waiting for the next Eddie. And I'm standing here next to Clyde Aikau. Clyde, uh, you got a big announcement with regard to that uh, contest because actually you guys had a green light for it, but things have changed. Yes, you know it's been a very difficult, difficult uh, few weeks monitoring this this swell that has been created halfway around the world and it's been traveling across the entire Pacific Ocean for over a week now so uh, due to the wind conditions that are going to be prevalent uh, in the early morning and due, due to the size computer buffering <laughs> we apologize oh, yeah. it. let's try it again Nope.
1: <laughs> okay well sorry beautiful people we're trying to get it <laughs> off of the online stream well if you want to see the rest of the interview we apologize guy hoggy speaking to clyde eichel the brother of the late eddie eichel who helps organize and run the tournament um yeah <laughs> Technology is great when it doesn't work, but this is live radio, folks. This is what happens. And this is what happens. Uh, I'm going to be fully transparent with all of you because that's what we do here. So, because it just got called off seconds before, a couple minutes before, we're trying to get it right off of their website, uh, Hawaii News Now, that is. So, again, if you want to see it, you can go to hawaiinewsnow.com. But usually, Because to prevent these kinds of things from happening, we um, kind of like download the audio and make it separate from being online and we put it straight into our system. So that's why it's seamless (laughs) this time. This is what happens when there's breaking news. You try to get (laughs) it right off the top. We try to give you that news and um, try to make it.
0: (laughs) That's too funny. But you can hear the disappointment in in Clyde's uh, Uncle Clyde's uh, voice. You know, they've been... I guess tracking this he said for a couple of weeks now. Finally about a week out, it just it looks like the waves are pushing good height, you know, the swell is the swell is big, but then as he said the prevailing winds that are coming um I guess it's just going to make it just kind of hazardous in the morning and I kind of think uh, the window has to be for it to stay, remain green. It has to be almost pristine conditions because of the height and safe for the safety reasons, right?
1: Yeah, cuz it just becomes unrideable because then you're you're looking at more like if you watch what is that like that greatest storm or whatever those movies? That's basically what the waves look like if the wind's bad and you're not even really surfing anything. You're just surfing uncontrollable mountains and so unfortunately because of the wind and like I said, if for all of our fellow surfers, like there's a difference between when the wave there's barely any wind to just a day being completely blown out and you're like yeah I can't really surf this because there's no waves. It's just like all chop and. Yeah, it has to be more like, like I said, the weather in terms of like sunshine, it's fine. Like it, it doesn't it have be to overcast. be sunshine. It, it can be overcast. Be it can rain, you know, like not storm. Obviously, if there's going to be like stormy rain, then the winds probably aren't too great either, but you can rain, whatnot. It's fine. I'm sure the fans watching won't be too thrilled, but we've seen many surf competitions in the rain. But yeah, it's just the wind when it comes to the waves of that size, and 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 yeah, you're right. Good good observation. Where if you watch the interview, not only does he sound sad, but just if you guys watch it, just like just the look on he, Clyde's face is just like.
0: Oh. And it's almost like he feels bad for like getting everyone's hopes up by going like, "Yeah, we're green. Yeah, we're, we're green lit. We're, we're green lit. We're we're green light here." And now all of a sudden, a day later, he's like i feel
1: like we're used to it i mean you said it yourself before jumping on you're like i feel like ever since i moved here it's always it's 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 ran twice it's ran twice since
0: i've been here i think i've been here almost 20 years now um and and, trust me when when it's actually green lit and we know it's it's for sure a go oh the excitement is unreal and inside myself just like i get so excited at, at you know watching it and it's crazy because you see it on TV, you go like, oh, the waves don't really look that big, but you go in person, you're like, OMG, um, the watching it on TV doesn't do it justice. And then also, so like, because it's only happened twice, I, and I used to always get my hopes up high, you know, <laughs> not being from here. Right. I'd be like, yeah. And then it would never happen. I would get disappointed. So I've learned how to kind of curtail that excitement until I know for sure it, it, it's, it's a, a, in fact, a go, or as they say, green lit and, uh. But well, I get excited on big wave surfing. I would never do it myself, but it, there's something thrilling in it. But I always wondered, you know, in places like Portugal, they say like they got those 100-footers. Oh, yeah, Nazare. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I'm always like, is that real? I don't know, but I think someone with Hawaii ties, though, just passed away out there surfing one of those huge 100-footer waves. I don't know if they're from here, but they somehow had Hawaii ties. I feel like
1: every surfer has some kind of Hawaii ties. There's actually a really interesting documentary about Nazare, uh, like about Garrett McNamara and just his destination surfing, discovering that surf spot because it's relatively new or or just recently known about because of him. So it's actually a, a fascinating documentary. And I. How the heck does it get so
0: big? Is it just a cove that just really yeah, sucks they, they, in the water? Yeah, they
1: explain everything, and it was just and it was all word of mouth, like somebody reaching out to him saying like, "Hey, I think you should check out this spot," and then they go and they plan out everything because there's just something, same thing. Just they they actually go and they surf like maybe maybe a hundred yards off of where the actual big waves come in and then the surf is like a lot smaller or normal sized <laughs> and then it's just so they kind of get yeah it's like they go through this whole process of getting to know Anthem. the water and like seeing which way the current goes and it's like it's all this detailed planning before I mean cause yeah the so guys it's, just it's aren't going like, like you know what I'm gonna yeah, go bomb Nazareth? it's, Naz- it's, it Nazare, it's Nazare. life threatening type stuff so they have like every like I think they were living in living there for like a month or so planning it out and like examining the wave and like doing all of this stuff and yeah it's it's, it's really really interesting the- to to kind of watch everything play out because that's how what you have to do with an, an entirely brand new big wave like surf spot
0: real quickly um because i know we got off track a little bit here when it comes to that wave, though, is it during certain months? Like, we know North Shore gets big in the winters. Or is it, like, because of the way the, way the cove is? I forget. It's, like, you know, 24 se- twenty four days, 24. Yeah, I forget. I mean, 24-7. You can put
1: that on your watch list. <laughs> you HBO What's it called? Max. Oh, I got to go look. I'll look it up during the break so I can tell everyone. But it's on, it's on HBO Max. I'm pretty sure that's where I watched
0: it. I can't go on HBO Max. Not because I don't have a login. Because my brother likes to go on and change my profile name. And he always leaves, like, mean names for me. (laughs) He would think my brother and I are immature. (laughs) Oh, no.
1: But yes, unfortunately. And and actually, you're you're very fortunate. You've been here 20 years. The contest has been going for uh, 34, and it's run only nine times, so... And yeah, you, you I mean I, I I got a
0: pretty good streak since I've been here but it's still you know like yeah. you get I so think, excited and you're like Aw. I think the
1: I think the only people happy that it's not going are the residents on that side because uh, the traffic the is tra- like insane. Like I'm sure if you live there like along that stretch in and yeah around that area unless you're one of the smart people that take advantage of their property and you <laughs> sell parking more power to you because I would do that.
0: Those guys charge like, like hundreds of dollars. Dude,
1: I would do that if I live right there. I'd be like, "Yep, you can park in my driveway for a hundred bucks," and I, being that person, would probably pay it because you either have to like park super far away or you just won't find parking, and it's going oh, to gonna just... be that
0: way anyways. Regardless, this weekend because the waves are going to be so big.
1: Yeah, but if the weather sucks, like it, it deters people from going out. If it's like, just windy, well, wind, rain. It's supposed to be some kind of storm, but. I don't know. It's, it's not, not another Kona low attra- though, right? It's still not as attractive to watch, though. It's not like I said. You're just you're gonna go out there and watch like stormy waves. <laughs> that's not fun. It just doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look as fascinating as what you see on TV when these big waves are coming in perfectly, and it's just like, you know, that's just fascinating. And and I actually did go. I forget, if I talked about this before on air, I probably did. Like the last time we got close to the eddy going, um, but yeah, I went. So I'm glad I could check that off my bucket list. I went in 2009. Um, when I think about it, I was like, dang, did I not have a job? <laughs> because I remember- no. a so guy I named think Alan was...
0: covered you, I think. I'm just kidding.
1: No, yeah, that's why I was, was like- right I don't... before us. Actually, no, because if it's the winter time, I think I was, I just started working at the station, but I was like super part-time, so probably had those days off. And yeah, because I, it... there was like a- Almost like a similar type of false alarm. I think the waves just weren't big enough. The conditions were perfect. And they said it was going to go like, I'm just throwing this out there. They said it was going to go on Tuesday. So we're like, all right, it's going to go on Tuesday. So we went down and we slept in our car on Monday night. And got really good parking actually, and that's what I would have recommended to people if they wanted to go check it out. Like go I would today. say, I would say pack like you know breakfast, lunch, dinner, or maybe you go out there and you can now nowadays you can like Uber Eats to your car. The driver will be like, uh, "Where am I dropping this off?" It's not a house.
0: Wait, you but, can you can Uber Eats to your car? Oh god!
1: I'm assuming. Just put. Like, I'm learning new things just today. Put, like the address of the house closest to you. Oh. And, like, that would be funny. You're just like, put your license plate down. That's me over here. Yeah, you can put it in the notes. Like I'm, I'm like not I'm, really in not, a house. It's in not my, car. my house, but I'm, cl- I'm like parked I'm le- right outside. I'm learning new um, things. So I've never done that before, but I'm just, I'm just thinking if you can't pack. Um, and then we had parked next to Sharks Cove, and so like you could use the bathroom over there. And then you just, yeah, we just slept in the car, but then woke up the next morning, and then it wasn't on. And, and this was way before – I don't even know what it was. How did we even find out? I think it was just the basic news or – it wasn't as – social media wasn't as active back then, but I'm sure I was following something. And then – so it didn't go drive back home, all disappointed. And then they're like, oh, but it's going to go the next day. <laughs> so then we did this whole thing again. We're like, all right, pack up everything, go sleep in the car. And then sure enough, like – it was a go. And it was funny because we were yeah passed out in the car and then just similar, like pretty close by where we got like it was more not in the Shark's Cove parking lot, but like along the, the road of Shark's Cove. So it was like pristine parking. And then what woke us up is people like walking past the car and you just hear people. Where it was still dark and early, and then we're just like, okay. And then you wake up and you're like, trying
0: to get the now. Now you got to get a spot on the beach.
1: Exactly. So then we we get up and then we're like, okay, we're like still like super like tired and drowsy. Then walk to like kind of we didn't go on the beach. We kind of you know that overlook like where the bend turns and then there's kind of like that cliff. So we we sat over there and it was kind of funny because we went there. I think like it usually starts going at around eight o'clock and we were there at six. And still super tired, sitting there, literally like put I think towels over our head and we're like sleeping on the ground because <laughs> we're just exhausted. This is the kind of stuff you do when you're like twenty years old. So it's, I wouldn't do it now. Obviously, I'd be like, "What am I doing here?" I'm I can't. It seems like a story so for that that includes
0: you and May. <laughs> no,
1: it includes included a previous boyfriend of mine. <laughs> oh. We used to surf, and we used to go, and that's why I'm like, man, where are we not working? That's why I can't do, do have, like being able to do that now, obviously, because oh, we you have full, you full-time just... responsibilities broadcast my show from the North Shore. There's beautiful people. I'm sleeping on the side of the road.
0: That'd be epic. <laughs>
1: that would be that. Actually, now that I think about it, that be, would like, be pretty fine epic. Find cool, eh?
0: Where is she? <laughs> oh no, she's in some sedan on the side of the road.
1: <laughs> that would be something on the 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 bucket list of places to broadcast this show from. As we've done quite a few from on location at different parts of the of the United actually, States. Actually, so
0: I've have, I have this I've this goal. It's to broadcast while actually driving. The way technology is now, you can do it, and, mm-hmm. and that way I could be live while like on a road trip or something. Oh yeah. And so that that's kind of like, but like while I'm moving, not like oh, I but gotta pull while over while you're
1: actually driving.
0: Yeah, no, like while I'm be driving. safe, be no, safe. No, 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 I want to do what? while I'm driving. That
1: seems dangerous.
0: No, I mean you got a headset on; it'd be no different than talking like your Bluetooth speaker. I'm saying.
1: But then what would you talk about?
0: On the road again.
1: <laughs> but anyways, I'm sure that yeah, like I said, the residents on that side are are very relieved, and if it ever does go. Like I said, and and some of you really, if you really, really want to see it, you can already expect that you are going to either be stuck in traffic forever or you will need to camp in your car overnight. And in order to find a parking spot that is somewhat decent to even try to get a glimpse of going to the Eddie Big Wave Invitational, well, at least we still have some time it could still go we have there for the holding period Uh, it goes through march 23rd so that's the window so we do still have some time but again at least tomorrow anyways the waves will be big enough but the conditions will not be good enough for the contest to go so the contest is no go sad faced emoji again anyways we'll be back on wake up in the den Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Kugle Agbayani, Alan, Mia. All right, so we are seeing that this is via Rob Demello KJO and two. So we talked about the Eddie being a no go, but I'm, and I'm sure it was part of that interview that kind of blipped on us that the so. According to Clyde Icao it says we're going to take a couple of deep breaths and we're going to retract everything and we're shooting for January 22nd. So according to Clyde Icao they are aiming for that date to be the next possible day for the Eddie. Again, Sunday, January 22nd. Oh, look, that's a weekend. Maybe I can. I think we have a broadcast that night. <laughs> With a broadcast and then head down to the North Shore and then go to sleep and then go to the Eddy on Sunday. Woo! Who's coming with me?
0: Alan. No. No. Woo! Not doing it.
1: (laughs) After I said after I said oh, I probably won't do that anymore. Yeah, you
0: didn't make it sound very appeasing, so I know, but then now the
1: more that I think about it, well, because I, I didn't make it sound appeasing because I was just I'm sad that well, I was already sad that it was called off. And then I'm sad that because it's on a weekday, I wouldn't be able to go anyways. And then now that they say it's on a Sunday, hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Who do we know that lives on that side? I was <laughs> I just kind try. of ragging my I'm brain. Like, oh, like, <laughs> I know. Do we know anyone? That I, do. I, I do. Ooh.
0: I do. I mean, you do too. Hmm.
1: Does he live close by over there? I think I know who you're talking about. Like, does he live close to the Callieva. bay? Eva. But that's still kind of At
0: least far. you're still out there though. Yeah, but that's still traffic to like All right, well. I'm, I'm trying to I'm, I'm just trying to get you closer so you don't maybe have to sleep in a car.
1: I'm trying but I'm... yeah, but I'm trying to that's Holly is not close to Waimea Bay in terms of walking well, distance. I
0: mean. You're better off sleeping in the car. No, you're just supposed to be training for a You're supposed to be training for a marathon.
1: Yeah, but I'm walking.
0: So Exactly. It's a good walk for you. Mm, no. It's not twenty six miles. No.
1: Just anyways yeah womp womp. so January 22nd everybody that that's when supposedly the next um, hold or what they're shooting for but now that our hearts have been crushed <laughs> we went up and then straight back down but it's okay anyways as I'm still recovering from yesterday's debacle <laughs> took cracks it's okay we will We, we uh, live to was, see another day and we will to... ride again
0: Trying to act like uh, hopefully, maybe we wouldn't be discussing this. (sighs) And it was done in like 10 minutes. Like, that's the best thing about it. it At least it was done in 10. Well, it's
1: funny, right? Because like TCU ends up scoring based on like, but it was like busted coverage from Georgia. That's the only way they were able to score the measly seven points that they had. And yeah, it was just. No looking – it was just a struggle from there. If you guys missed it, Georgia pretty much – like, beat isn't a strong enough word. Like, they just, like, trounced on and pounced on and kicked them when it was down. And just they smashed the little froggies like they are 65 to seven, it just just gave up those seven points. Like I said, based on but they're like it's it's pretty much Georgia that gave them that touchdown, and after that they never looked back. I mean, looking at the breakdown of scores: 17, 17 points in the first quarter, twenty one points in the second, fourteen in the third, and thirteen in the fourth. But obviously in the fourth, actually the entire second half, they're kind of like
0: meh. <laughs> so here's oh. the thing. I, I, I forgot who tweeted this yesterday. It's one of the writers I followed, but um, you put it best. It's just like this moment, at, at this precise time for the Horn Frogs, and this moment was just going to be was too big for them. And, and the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? You might be right. Because I always forget when you think about like the Horn Frogs and TCU, I always, for some reason, I always forget this one thing. This is a first year head coach for them, they lost a lot of players as well. And you had a starter who's not supposed to be your starter make it to the Heisman. So really, it's not really your quarterback that you thought you're going in this. Even though Max Duggan, uh, man, struggled these last two games, so I get it. But I'm just saying, I'm still a fan of his. But I, I just, I, I, think that statement though, when I read it last night, the moment at this precise time was just too big for for um the Horn Frogs, and I thought to myself, I go, that makes perfect sense. One, you don't expect a first time, like first year head coach. I shouldn't say first time because Sonny Dykes is a, is a legend in its own right. Uh, but like, you don't expect a first year head coach to be able to turn that program around that just had one. I mean, uh, sorry, four wins in the prior year, in the previous year, and then all of a sudden you're in the Natty versus you know the defending Natty champs. The moment, uh, and and I usually don't use that saying, but I thought that that tweet alone was. For the first time in my life, I I really believe that the moment in this precise time was just too big for them.
1: Well, and you could see it. You could see it on their faces. And honestly, I blame Michigan and Ohio State for totally, like, casting this whole, like, shade upon us, believing that TCU had a chance. I mean, I never believed TCU even had a chance against Michigan. And then Michigan basically gave them that game because then they woke up, but they woke up a little too late, bringing that game a lot closer. And... It's just TCU won out, made it to the the final. And then on the other end, you're looking at like, oh, Michigan totally manhandled Ohio State. But look, Ohio State is... So all of the by-the-number stuff, you're like, hey, TCU might actually have a chance against Georgia. Obviously, yesterday we were saying, hey, there's a chance. Granted, TCU did have a lot of players out with injury. But at the same time, you don't want to take away like, I mean, beating a team 65 to 7 has more to do with just a couple players being out. You know, like if it's a touchdown or two, you're like, hey, those players that TCU are missing could have made a difference. But 65-7 is like convincing win is there's like that's not even that's an understatement for how much this was. But they also but Georgia becomes the first and probably only team to repeat as champions in the CFP era since the playoff does expand to 12 teams in 2024. So this will be the only team to ever do so in that current four-team format. But kind of taking a look at the numbers, like just how much Georgia has invested into the football program. In July, Georgia and head coach Kirby Smart agreed to a 10-year, $112 million contract, reportedly the largest ever given to a college coach. Since his first full offseason in 2017, and including 2023, Smart has achieved a top three recruiting class in six of seven years. In May, Georgia unveiled an $80 million renovation project to their Heritage Hall, their home to the football team's practice and training facility. So they're just going all in, and this is what, this you, is have what to. you get when you invest yeah, in your program. I, I
0: was just going to say the same thing. You have to. If, if you literally... If you want to be that quote unquote for us Hawaii fans that that Sugar Bowl team again, you have to you have to have the state and, and and actually private funding step up and and really invest in the programs. You just have to this day and age. Kids don't want to go where you have dilapidated facilities. Kids don't want to go where you're you're just you're you're not the you're not at the forefront of of um. Uh, Sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the word. I, <laughs> the word I want to use right now, but you know, you're not you. You're not thought of as the main thing as far as the athletic program, even though Hawaii football is, but not really when it's finance. Like you're talking about yeah. the finance. It's funny
1: because a lot of people I saw on social media were like, "Man, this is bringing us flashbacks of the Sugar Bowl, Be- being that it's Georgia annihilating There's a, a, a way though. lesser team." No, I know, but I was like, like it didn't remind, I didn't get flashbacks of the Sugar Bowl, but I I could, I could understand where that sentiment comes from just because you see a team like Georgia just running all over and just you basically have no chance against this team uh but you know like I said like credit to them again like no matter how much excuses people want to make for TCU like oh yeah they had players out I mean there's undenying how much
0: oh no did you see Jordan the size was. difference too and yeah. TCU is a big team.
1: And that's why Georgia I'm Georgia made them look so small. That's why I'm small. so mad at Michigan. I feel like if Michigan Showed didn't up. mess up that game, they would've, this would have been a much better game. I do think Georgia still would have won, but I think it just would have been a lot more entertaining for us fans to watch a game. Because, because Michigan, playing in the biggest stadium in the country... Plays these types of high level games and intensity every single game, and they the moment wouldn't have been too big for them as you mentioned as it was for TCU. I think it would have been evenly matched. They wouldn't have that look of fear that TCU had and that Max Max Duggan actually had in the beginning, just looking at like out into the distance, like when they showed close ups of him. And I'm like, dang, he looks scared. Like he just doesn't look scared. He just he just I think shell shocked. I I I don't I don't think he expected
0: the speed and size of of um of Georgia and and I think the thing is too what hurts is I don't think TCU changed their game plan until way too late um you know they wanted to overplay certain things and Georgia had the counter for each and every one of those plays early in the game but I'll tell you this the only um the only thing really for TCU it, it's gonna suck to hear this but thank God he got blown out because he already started mentally preparing for what that end of game was gonna feel like beforehand imagine if that game was close, knowing you don't belong there with George and that game was close and you lost on like, let's say th- that'd be heartbreaking. At least this one, you are like, we were never in it, so. <laughs>
1: That's why I was saying, like you don't when have we are talking like, about yeah, the lines, like, I'm like, you, to, you might as well just go with the money line because I feel like if it were close in terms of the spread at either the 12 and a half or the 13 and a half, like, like, I was thinking they would lose maybe if they lost, it would be by only two touchdowns. You know, in hindsight, T- two touchdowns seems like Let me a tell lot. You something. But now you're like, in hindsight, you're like only two touchdowns. And then it would have been more sickening as a quote unquote fan of watching the game that if you lost by like that half a point, you're like, yeah, you might as well just go all in. I
0: think the odds for like TCU to win the national championship at the start of the year is like 200 something to yeah. one. Like, imagine if you put money on that and they actually won that thing. Like, you'd be sitting pretty right now.
1: Yeah. Although I don't know anyone who would put a significant amount of money. It would have been one of those, kind of like we were talking about those,
0: you know. Mattress Macs. Those
1: parlays, that yeah. those crazy parlays, like you put 20 bucks because you're like, nah, we'll just see. Oh, yeah, Mattress Mac. We can't feel that bad. Did, Mattress you, see, did you see the
0: video of him, though, watching the game, though? Like, oh, like you felt bad. You felt like it was your grandpa getting hit in the... <laughs> it's okay.
1: He won a lot of money off of the Astros, so he's sitting pretty and doing just fine. But uh, when we come back, actually, it, it, it's funny to see that... that that much of an annihilation because as we mentioned the playoff expands to 12 teams in 2024 which I still not I still do not agree with and this kind of game is exactly why but we'll talk about that next on Wake Up in the Den like he turned off or turned on the wrong mic oh my
0: bad
1: it was it's alan's karaoke song so he turned on his mic and not
0: mine (laughs) i love this song so much
1: welcome back to all of you the beautiful list of all the beautiful people it's wake up in the den kule agbayani alan mia jamming out getting happier by the minutes as we think about all of you are one million and six five five and a half six and a half beautiful list of all the beautiful people that we have that listen to this show. Uh, Mahalo for listening as yeah, we appreciate every single one of you. Just a reminder, we will be out bringing you girls, OIA girls basketball coverage featuring the top two teams in division one West between Radford and Campbell. So it's going to be a pretty exciting game to determine who is the best team in that division. So Kyle Galdera and I will be out at Radford giving you the play by play. And I'm pretty excited because I I talked about this yesterday. We called the game with Radford and Kapolei and that Radford team. I mean, they really stood out and yeah, I'm excited to see. I haven't seen Campbell play yet, so we're going to have a fun time. So our broadcast will begin pro- roughly around seven o'clock because it, there's, there's never like a hard time to these start uh, the start times for basketball because it. Basically, the varsity game starts 15 minutes after the conclusion of the JV game, so that's why every time we talk about our broadcast starting, it's more of a general time spot, so around seven o'clock. So be sure you tune in. If not, we will have the games. We just started putting the games up on our on HawaiiSportsRadio.com, where you can go and click on the OIA Sports tab if you want to listen to previous games or wherever you get most podcasts, which you know is rising. We got a lot of requests from parents and. We started putting them up and they're actually pretty popular. I still get
0: calls from the what game did we did when I was on vacation? Kailua. Yeah. The Kailua game. I still get calls from parents being like, Hey, is that game up? I'm like, Oh yeah, just go to our website and they're like, Oh my there there it is. Okay, great and I'm like, It's been weeks.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool I mean yeah. that's awesome so I'm, I'm glad that we could do that for you know giving back to our community and having that up there and we were kind of talking about it I mean I guess in hindsight right when you think about it there's aside from yeah you have photos and videos parents take but you really don't have like an archive of when your kid plays and when I think about it I was like yeah I think I think my dad like that if that was a thing back when I was playing basketball especially he would want to keep like all of it
0: <laughs> my grandma kept all the newspaper clippings uh, oh yeah my grandma of, like all of, of, of everything too. we're in yeah um, so like me my cousins like she has all of them still
1: yep that's just like my grandma that that that's see grandmas are awesome that's what they do yeah. they put it all together because
0: when we're young right we don't really
1: care we're just like eh and then it, it just it's great that they keep it. Cause then you get older and you're like, wow, this is so awesome. Thanks grandma. And then you can like show it to your kids or just keep it for your keepsake. But yeah, so we have games, not all of the games we've done. We've just started um, doing this recently, but we are going to continue to put the games up there available to listen to whenever you guys want. Uh, Anyways, we are talking about the college football playoff and it expanding to 12 teams in case you kind of missed some of the details. So basically it is the 12 team format will feature in order the top four conference champions, Followed by some combination of the top six at-large bids and two highest ranked remaining conference champions. Teams will be ordered based on the college football playoff. That guarantees at least one group of five team will make the playoff each year. And while it's unlikely, allows the possibility of more than one group of five team making the playoff in lieu of a power five team. See, Alan, we're part we can, there's a chance we can make it. <laughs>
0: Bruh.
1: (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance that Hawaii will have that guaranteed at least one group of five team (laughs) that will make the playoff.
0: Super fans and super fans unite.
1: Honestly, that's the only good thing about expanding to 12 teams. that That is that it legitimately gives other like the group of five teams an opportunity to get in, and other teams. And you don't, you're not second guessing like, oh man, should it have been. USC and instead should it have been Alabama because they were getting better towards the end of the season now at least you have more I've always been a fan of maybe expanding to six eight at the most because I feel like within the eight you're kind of still all you know anything can go your way within a game but the 12 you're just gonna see what we saw like the top Five, six teams will be like just super elite and then everybody else, the other half of the bracket, it's just it's just going to be an annihilation. <laughs> Everyone's going to just there's going to have these top teams like beating up on each other. And the way that the bracket works, though, fortunately, is the top four teams will have a bye as seeds five to eight Post home playoff games versus the seeds nine to twelve, so you can see those games being relatively competitive. Following those games, the remaining eight teams will play each other in the current New Year's Day six bowls: Rose Bowl, Sugar, Orange Fiesta, Cotton, and Peach. Uh, part of the reason why they moved up the start of the expansion is because the Rose Bowl finally caved, and we're like, okay, because they were they were pretty much holding out for a better deal for themselves, and now they gave in and so that's why everything is going to start should have really never
0: early. given in <laughs> they held the cards you honestly they held the cards because i don't care who you are what network you can't have a, a talk about a national championship game without the rose bowl being a, in the mix it's too iconic not to
1: i think it was really a bunch of poker playing like the rose bowl trying to hold out and they were like fine then we just won't we'll just find another place then yeah and that's and then they had no choice. But they held
0: that. the cards and they they folded at the. Uh, this is why people get mad. I mean, like like especially people get mad at ESPN and stuff because really you give all the power to the broadcast the, the broadcast rights. The Rose Bowl held the cards because trust me, ESPN was never going to go on with the CFP without without the Rose Bowl being included. Mm-hmm. No matter what, deadline this, deadline that. It was never going to happen. You cannot have. A national championship without the Rose Bowl being in the mix.
1: Can you imagine, though, if they were just like...
0: Some regular bowl game? I bet you yeah. what, though, that regular bowl game, the Rose Bowl, if let's say if it wasn't part of it, would still be one of the more popular bowls than the yeah, CFP bowls. Just because
1: it's more historic. Get but but imagine like... as you move forward and, like, like, let's just say it, like you have all the younger kids that are being football fans and, like, the Rose Bowl doesn't have as much historical meaning to newer fans as it does to us, like, older fans of college football it's like eh.
0: that's because they keep floating the that's because they the 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 way the new format is right not not it also doesn't help that
1: ucla has been awful for a long time
0: yeah see but it's always been that way like ucla doesn't really draw because again we talk about like how how detrimental is it to your program not being on campus I, I, it hurts, even though the Rose Bowl is iconic and that's to always been UCLA's home. Mm-hmm. I think if, like, they had a a, a a stadium on campus, I think that place would be packed. It would be packed. But it will never happen because of where uh, UCLA is located. And again, the uppity, it's the Rose Bowl, the, the uppity ups. So they're won't not allow going
1: it. to leave there because there is it's this iconic. whole yeah. yeah historic meaning I behind mean, it of playing there.
0: It's funny. The only game they sell out. Is, of course, USC. USC. But even then, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a stretch for UCLA to sell that thing out because it seats so many. Yeah. Like, oh, bra.
1: And that's why when you talk about Hawaii, right, and people want another 50,000-seat stadium to replace the Aloha Stadium, and they kind of got really upset about the whole 35,000 in the beginning. It's like, no, 35,000, we actually want it to look full. You <laughs> I want it to look full? We can trust realistically – get to that number one day 35,000 we're 50,000 you're just with technology now where you can just watch it from your phone it's like it's just a different era that we live in now as opposed to back then where
0: you 30 people just do other yeah. things
1: now than go and try to fill up a 50,000 seat stadium yeah maybe if we're running on this undefeated thing and we had another type of team like the Colt Brennan era which is asking a lot which
0: is actually he's a speaking of Colt he's on the top of the news right now too yeah, apparently there's a criteria there that th- it, it will not allow Colt to ever be considered for the College Football Hall of Fame. I don't know. I haven't read the story yet. I just saw it like oh. today or yesterday. Yeah.
1: Okay, we're definitely talking about that tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I I saw. I don't know where I saw it. So don't. Uh, but okay. I, I I did. It popped up on one of my headlines. It was like Colt Brennan will. will Cannot you be can- can't
1: say that. It's and a tease, like, bro. Oh and I got to go look God. for it.
0: I got to go look for it.
1: You're not supposed to tease me. No, <laughs> I got to find out where I saw that. <laughs> That's something you're supposed to tell me in the break so that we can talk about Well, it. I don't
0: know. You said "Cope," You brought like, like it, oh, "Oh, It was like light bulb. I got to
1: tell you something in, during the break.
0: <laughs> it was like light bulb.
1: <laughs> Thanks a lot, Alan. Come on. Yeah, beautiful people. Do we kick them off of being the most beautifulest of all the beautiful people now for doing that to us? Nope,
0: I figured. I found it I found where it is. I'll send it to you. Okay. Don't worry. We'll we'll talk about about it. We'll
1: talk about that tomorrow then. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like like you said, Colton. I was like, light bulb. Because that is very, very interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely curious as to what that is. But anyways, what we saw yesterday is, again, an exact reason of why. But we all know why they're doing this. It's to generate more revenue for TV, for college football, for what... Actually, no, it wouldn't be for the NCAA because the CFP thing is completely separate. So uh, (laughs) it's kind of just one of those, okay. And I would feel... I I brought this up before. I would have felt a lot different if there was no NIL because I feel like you'd be putting these kids out there, asking them to play extra games, essentially like hurting themselves even more. And it's gonna be for nothing. Like they wouldn't get a cut of anything. But at least now since they can in turn make money off of their and name, image, and likeness. And a lot of these bigger schools are essentially paying each player x amount of money like basically a base salary without calling it a a base salary that to me I'm like okay at least they get to make some money and it's not just everyone else around them they're risking their bodies and they don't get anything in return so for that reason I'm not entirely opposed to the expansion to 12 because the players get to make more money hopefully and they're not just being out there to give their bodies but in terms of just competition the first round of games will be competitive where we said the five to eight seed versus the nine to twelve seeds those will be fun to watch like I think most of the games will be competitive but after that I mean (laughs) you're really not going to see too much competition I think what we got in this year's semifinal was just like rare for both games to be interesting but normally it's always been kind of a blowout in the semis you're like oh well, I guess we this know is who the, the best only, teams
0: are. And and you're right. And this is the only time I'll agree with you on the NIL stuff here. It like you want to have a chance as as if you're not the Georgias or the Alabamas of the world, you uh even Michigan when they want to step up and not have any of this um baggage that Jim Harbaugh likes to bring along. Um <laughs> uh, you want to have an opportunity to compete with them. You guys got to throw money at the NIL to for the NIL deals for some of these big time players, if you want to have a chance, because otherwise you're just going to be undersized, and 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 that's what happened again at TCU and TCU again. I want to reiterate this: TCU is not a small team by yeah. any means. They are not. They're actually a big team. Just Georgia's that much bigger, which should tell you something. Imagine if a you know a Mountain West team, no offense to the Mountain West, I'm just using it as an example because we're in there, went up against Georgia. I mean, look what happened to Oregon. Oregon's a well, good team that's too. Why. We Oregon bring got up. spanked like like like. They don't even belong in college football.
1: That's why I'm almost, you know, I repeat it all the time with Hawaii. Like, thankfully, Timmy and his staff knew that that was a thing as well. And that's what they went after in the early signing period. A lot of the new offensive and defensive linemen coming in are over, like, 6-2. You know, so that when we line up against bigger teams, like we play Oregon next year, or I guess technically this calendar year at least will be hopefully evenly matched on their line. And they're Oregon, they're a PAC 12 team. That's not, they're not still not an sec team where yeah they're even bigger and stronger. And fa- for their size that much faster, yeah. Like that was a crazy thing. I'm like, how do these big guys move that fast? Like it was just fascinating to watch. And yeah, I'm just glad Are, I, you, it wasn't too crazy. You
0: bring up a great point there. Cause I remember this conversation back when I was in Los Angeles, it was the Reggie Bush, Lindo White years. And, um, and um, oh, sorry, my dentist for some unknown reasons calling me. <laughs> um, and and I always said Reggie Bush is, is so good. And congratulations, we just got elected to the College Football yeah. Hall of Fame. But um, you know, we the discussion was at that time like, how would he do in the pros? And I said, I don't think he's gonna do that well. And and everyone's like looked at me. I was like, okay, what's your take on this one? I said, you get to the pros, pros, you're gonna have linebackers and even linemen that can run just as fast as Reggie Bush. And they're bigger and they're stronger than Reggie Bush. They might not be as agile and and you know have the footwork like Reggie Bush, but they're just as quick and just as fast. And everyone kind of looked at me. I remember this, and uh, I forgot who I was talking with on air about it. And then sure enough, you look like when Reggie Bush. Like Reggie Bush was okay. Wasn't great. Wasn't good. Wasn't he? Was he was
1: <laughs> looked pretty good when he
0: ran all over Hawaii. That's well, for sure. <laughs> uh, but but you no, know, I'm talking about like in the pros though. Yeah. Why you look at his games because those linemen and those and those he linebackers. Did win a Super Bowl. D- yes but
1: <laughs> I'm like wait a minute you're talking about the same Reggie Bush that won the Super Bowl with the New Orleans San- Saints yeah, yeah, it wasn't really with their really undersized more. quarterback it wasn't really
0: Reggie Bush it was more Drew Brees but okay <laughs> but okay but, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I like to look at winning as a thing.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but it was more Drew Brees. This guy named Drew Brees, <laughs> that was more of this, this thing there. But uh, I'm just saying. But you but you get to that level, right? And, you, and, oh, yeah, and Georgia's kind of like on that level is you got guys, linemen and linebackers that are just as fast as your speed guys on the offensive side of the ball. It's crazy. Well, and
1: that's the knock, too, on Stetson Bennett. Like, everyone, you know, he's really good in college, but there's a reason why – He's Bryce Young is ranked as the top-rated quarterback over a back-to-back winning national championship quarterback because they feel like his just his size and his arm strength won't transition well to the NFL. I mean, after doing that, I don't know. I look at Bryce
0: Young and I'm like, he'll definitely dude's a get drafted, frail.
1: but just the fact that he's not because normally, right? Like normally, a player that has won back-to-back national championships, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna go high in the the draft, but yet he's not even really. Up there. I mean there's the, the No, the, you're right. The Kentucky quarterback is higher than than Stetson Bennett because Max Duggan this...
0: should be the first quarterback taken off the board. But uh, uh, Burns, board, baby. but a, but, a, but of course he won't. And I get it. There's a bias against my man. And plus he struggled really bad in the last two games. Wait, it, let's
1: step aside real quick and take our last break. Gosh, Alan, you like to talk a lot.
0: Just Max kidding. Duggan. I'm Max Duggan <laughs> all the way. Like I can't get enough of him. <laughs>
1: I'm going to put like a big Max Duggan poster in your Oh, office. bro. He's, Make it purple. He's.
0: <laughs> I'm president of his fan club.
1: Anyways, we'll be back on Wake Up in the Tent. We're going to jump on the reggae train. We're going to ride it till we go insane. We're going to jump on the reggae train. We're going to ride it on down the lane. Let's get going station the station of love grab your ticket ain't no worries no worries at all there's no worries Welcome back to wake up in the den okay closing out the show we found the article via KHON2 and Christian Shimabuku regarding why Colt Brennan is ineligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Talked about it. Alan sprinkled that little teaser like, for all of us. Yeah. So, uh, but it said on Monday prior to the 2022-2023 College Football Playoff National Championship game, 22 members of the College Football Hall of Fame were announced with 18 players and four coaches earning a spot among the greats. As we mentioned, Reggie Bush was one of them. Among the players not selected was University of Hawaii quarterback Colt Brennan, who did not meet the criteria for the award during his time in a UH uniform. So what does that mean? Well, the College Football Hall of Fame website states, First and foremost, a player must have received first-team All-America recognition by a selector organization that is recognized by the NCAA and utilized to comprise their consensus All-America teams. Boo. May we remind you, as Christian does in the article, over the course of Brennan's three seasons at Hawaii, he broke or tied 11 NCAA record 11 not just one
0: 11
1: (laughs) including touchdown passes in a season which is pretty impressive for a quarterback with 58 so touchdown passes in a season and career with 131 although obviously both have since been surpassed but still broke the record nonetheless during that time and you know quote unquote a small group of five school like Hawaii to be able to do that and despite his success particularly Particularly in 2006 and 2007, he was not a consensus first-team All-American. In his senior year of 2007, he was an AP third-team All-American and a Sports Illustrated second-team All-American. And obviously, his impact on and off the field has been tremendous, especially here in Hawaii and you know, gone too soon for sure, but it's just, I mean, this is one of those things where it's like, uh, why don't you just like change the, like, the criteria?
0: You put trailblazers in the Hall of Fame as well. You put people who had a solid impact on the game of college football on and off the field, and and that was Colt to a T. Um, Not only his stats, uh, okay, so you ask yourself, what, if he was in a, if he did this at a power five school, would he be a first team all American?
1: Yeah, they would have probably changed the rules yeah. for him. No, no, they, oh, they, would, or, they yeah. would have named
0: the award after him. Really? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But because he's not at a power five, he's not going to get that. It's just the way it is. But but don't feel bad because I guess I just I I, I didn't even see this at the bottom of the article, but apparently, um, Mike Leach won't ever get in the Hall of yeah. Fame as well either. He's going to fall 0.4 percent short of being eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Because his his record right now is 158, or is gonna you know ends at 158 wins to 107 losses. You have to have a winning percentage of 60%. So with that record, he's at 59.6% only. So that's two legends of the game. Because Mike Leach, you know, really
1: yeah, we talked about far, it. Before yeah, the, the air there.
0: raid. You know, that's that's. That's the evolution of the game of college football, deserving in, just in that right to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it because you have this strict criteria. Although, I will say this. I do give them credit, though, for holding strong to their morals and their ideas and their criteria, unlike some other uh, leagues and their their criterias for their Hall of Fames.
1: But I feel like maybe in these both these circumstances –
0: you should make. A, you do
1: like an honorary. You like or you make like. I a don't phone. know. I'd rather
0: not have it than have that honorary asterisk. Like you're not a member, but you're a member. We recognize you, but we don't recognize. Like you either are, or you're not. Don't don't do this. I do, but I don't. I do. I want. I want you, but I don't want you.
1: I understand the. The coaching thing because at least there's a firm like a percentage you know you got to win this much you and lose this much and there's a firm but when you base something like it's a committee that had that chooses all americans and you're right if he was at a power five school he would have been an all like first team all american because whoever the committee is would have made him there because of the school that he played for so i don't like the fact that colt not being in is determined was already determined by a separate committee like that Determines whether you're an All American or not. It's not just, hey, if you like, they should add in a criteria where if you broke NCAA records maybe you should be considered... The good kind? Yeah. Maybe you should kind of be considered to be in the Hall of Fame. So I I, I like what you're saying too, where, hey, at least they're sticking firm, which I agree with the coaching standpoint as much as it sucks, but at least it's a number. Like, wins and losses. It's black and white. You know, there's no gray
0: area. You either win or lose. I respect lose. that because if you're not at 60%, are you really considered a, a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Like, I get that.
1: Yeah. But like the fact, like I said, the Colts just not in because he wasn't voted in All-American. Well, we'll probably talk about this eventually a lot more. But for Alan Mia, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.
0: Home of the Dallas Cowboys, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.